Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. SportsGrid Network. It's Fantasy Sports Today. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV Network. I am Frank Stanfield. We have hour two ready to go here on the show. Craig Mish will join me in just a little bit. Again, he's out at Detroit Tigers camp getting some awesome audio for the rest of the week when we do our Detroit Tigers fantasy baseball preview as well. We will get into the win total here for the Kansas City Royals coming up soon, uh, and we'll talk about, you know, right now that's at 64.5 at the FanDuel Sportsbook, and we'll present the best and worst case scenarios for the Royals as well. Uh, but got to talk about some of the top news here, again, from a fantasy baseball perspective. We are getting some more news as well rolling in here on on a Monday, Yordan Alvarez, obviously a huge name from a fantasy baseball perspective this season, had the monster year last year. Nearly 50 home runs combined between the minor leagues and the major leagues. Uh, Astros manager Dusty Baker is hopeful that Yordan Alvarez will be able to return to Grapefruit League action on Wednesday this week. Again, he is dealing with some soreness in not one, but both of his knees. Reminder, this kid is just 22 years old, and he's already a designated hitter. This is something I've I've spoken about with Craig already. It's it's very odd. You don't normally see this. Yeah, you're going to have a few guys that come up that are very bad fielders. I understand that, and I guess the Astros just have the luxury that they can kind of place him at DH, and they don't need to use him uh, at in the outfield right now, but it's just very odd that a 22-year-old is basically pigeonholed into being a DH this early in his career, uh, but maybe this is the reason why he's dealing with soreness in both of his knees again. That is Jordan Alvarez, someone who was consistently going in the third round of NFBC drafts and has now been routinely falling a little bit down into the fourth round, and I think rightfully so. Obviously, uh, there's risk involved there with Alvarez right now. Uh, you got to see him get back on the field and obviously uh, respond well to do so in those knees. Aaron Nola was scratched from his Grapefruit League start against the Yankees later on today, coming up in about an hour's time from now, uh, as he has is dealing with the flu, obviously with everything going on around baseball, basketball, the rest of the world, flu, coronavirus. It's a very interesting time, very scary time as well. So make sure you wash your hands, get some hand sanitizer as well. Uh, we'll dive into more of the fantasy baseball news here after the break. Craig Mitchell will join us as well. But before then, we'll have a news update here from Dan Strafford. Don't go anywhere. All Frank, as you just hit on, Aaron Nola will not start today against the Yankees. He was scratched from Monday's schedule. Grapefruit League start with flu-like symptoms. Justin Verlander was removed from Sunday's Grapefruit League outing because of right tricep soreness. Astros manager Dusty Baker said after the game that Verlander's removal was precautionary. We've heard that before. He is on his way for tests. We'll wait for those results. And as he said, Jordan Alvarez still dealing with knee soreness. A couple of Yankees updates. 
Gary Sanchez is scheduled to take batting practice at some point throughout the day on Monday. Sanchez dealt with back soreness over the weekend. He isn't expected, though, to be back in the lineup until Friday at the earliest. James Paxton could start throwing by this Wednesday. Paxton had back surgery earlier this year. Willie Calhoun sustained a fractured jaw after being hit in the face by a pitch during Sunday's Cactus League game. He is expected to undergo further testing throughout the day on Monday. We'll see the extent of that injury. Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times boards the Rays and outfielder Austin Meadows are working on a long-term extension. The Lakers took care of their co-tenant, the Clippers, on Sunday night. LeBron James helped push L.A. to a 112-103 win. In the NBA tonight, we just have three games, all with low 220 totals. Hornets and Hawks at 223.5. Bucks at Nuggets without Giannis and Teddy Gumpo. He's out with a knee injury. That's a 221.5 over-under. And Raptors at Jazz, the best game of the night most likely. Utah minus 4.5, 224 over-under in that one. And the Buffalo Bills and quarterback Josh Norman have agreed to a one-year deal worth $6 million with incentives that can reach up to $8 million. A note on coronavirus influencing the sports world. The BNP Paribas Open Tennis Tournament was canceled after a new coronavirus was confirmed in the Coachella Valley in Southern California. Both the ATP and the WTA were set to have a two-week tournament there. That is now canceled. We'll keep an eye as this virus continues to spread, whether it influences other big sporting events. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Thank you, Mr. Dan, with the news update here on Fantasy Sports Today. And just want to touch on a few topics here again. Uh, we mentioned at the top of the first hour here on the show, uh, yesterday Willie Calhoun hit in the face with a 95-mile-per-hour fastball. He has a fractured jaw. We don't have a timetable yet, but I've seen a few medical professionals on Twitter kind of throw out six weeks as a potential date. Uh, that we can expect Willie Calhoun to be back. That would probably put him around the mid to late April, maybe even early May um, point of the season here for Willie Calhoun and the Texas Rangers. Justin Verlander uh, is dealing with tricep soreness. Obviously, we have to see you know what the results come back from there when it comes to Justin Verlander, but is he going to miss some time? you got to worry about it. Obviously, a little bit older now. He dealt with a groin injury earlier on in camp as well. Uh, so we're paying attention to Willie Calhoun and Justin Verlander and obviously everything that is going on with Trey Mancini right now uh, as he is getting a non-baseball procedure done right now. Again, the outfielder of the Baltimore Orioles. Um, we don't really know much more outside of that, so hopefully uh, a speedy recovery here for Trey Mancini. Once we do find out a timetable, we will let you guys know that that here uh, and how that affects him from a fantasy baseball perspective as well. It's Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid, and Craig Mish is joining us live from, I believe we're out at Detroit Tigers camp, right, Craig? What's going on, man? How was the weekend? How's everything going right now? I'm doing well, Frank. The, uh, the Tigers are actually in uh, Palm Beach visiting the Astros, so I'm at the ballpark of the uh, Palm Beaches. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of anticipation today because we're going to get the results of uh, you know Justin Verlander's MRI and that's really pretty much the big story here tomorrow on the show we'll cover the Tigers but there's no doubt that this is um, you know a big story um, apparently the uh, MRI results are close to being in at this point so I'm guessing in the next hour or so we'll find out what the what the story is 
Yeah, and if we find that out here throughout the course of the show, we'll obviously bring that information to you and kind of break down how that affects fantasy. Craig, I mentioned that I had Justin Verlander as my third starting pitcher off the board. I think most people did, and I've now dropped him to number five behind Walker Bueller and Max Scherzer. I still have him ahead of Shane Bieber and uh, guys like Jack Flaherty and Steven Strasburg. But would you agree with that assessment? You're dropping him down to five, dropping him any lower than that, or are you kind of just waiting for the news before you kind of make any decisions here on Justin Verlander? Um, I mean, look, we don't know the answer to that, but I would drop him lower than that for sure. I mean, he's going to miss time. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, you know, hopefully he's back by May. I mean, I don't want to speculate at this point, but anytime you have an MRI and there are some sort of results, I think there's going to be missed time, Frank. So I would bump him down more significantly than you. All right, so if you're drafting right now, if you're doing a slow draft, you got one that's starting up today, maybe drop Justin Verlander a little bit lower than that. Uh, obviously, it's going to be tough for him to be ready for opening day at this point as he's dealing with the tricep injury and obviously dealt with some groin uh, soreness earlier in camp as well. Mentioned this in the first hour, but want to reiterate, Michael Kopech is going to make his debut, his spring training debut, Tuesday for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Carlos Carrasco also dealing with elbow inflammation. It's been a really tough road back for Carlos Carrasco. Obviously, everything he dealt with last year, year, uh, had leukemia, he was off the field for the Cleveland Indians, returned later on in the season in, in a bullpen role, um, and was expected to be a starter this upcoming season for the Cleveland Indians, but uh, is now dealing with elbow inflammation. That is Carlos Carrasco. Um, Craig, anything here on uh, Carlos Carrasco as well? I mean, obviously, we got this news over the weekend. Uh, Michael Kopech, another one, returning from an elbow injury himself. He's going to make the debut, his debut for the White Sox tomorrow here in spring training. Yeah, I mean, look, at, at this point, you're, you're trying to just dodge landmines, I think, with all the starting pitchers that are out there. Um, I mean, it feels like there are more than last year. Uh, we've had the one serious injury, of course, uh, to the top in terms of ADP with Severino, but look, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, so many times on the show, Frank, that you get to this stage even, and you get to basically almost two weeks away from opening day, and we still don't know the status of a lot of pitchers. So, I think that for me, at least in some of the techniques that I'm trying to employ, is just try to find some late round value at this point. It's just so risky taking these guys at the top. There have been so much, so many struggles and um, and so many injuries as well. So. Uh, look, you're, you're talking about seven or eight out of the top 20 that there are some questions about at this point, Frank. I just can't see any reason to bump ADP up with the mid-tier pitchers. It's more or less just trying to throw some darts at the end. Yeah, and that's a good point. It's worth mentioning that I think pitchers are going to start to move up that we're going in those middle rounds. You know, whether it was third, fourth, fifth round pitchers, I think those guys, we're going to start to see them all move up a little bit. Maybe Paddock climbs into the third round. Maybe Charlie Morton climbs into the third round as well. Uh, obviously, we're doing the Kansas City Royals preview here on the show from a fantasy perspective. And when we come back, we'll talk about the best and worst case scenarios here for the Royals. But Craig, real quick, we're coming up on the break. Uh, we got about a minute and a half here. You know, how do you feel about the direction of the Kansas City Royals, obviously Mike Matheny, uh, the new manager here heading into 2020. Players that we'll see in a couple of years, they seem to piece together a little bit of a running game with Whit Merrifield and Mondesi, which is you know really their their calling call at this point, their calling card. Uh, I, I would guess that they'll probably be a little bit more competitive than they were last year, but those teams at the bottom, Detroit and Kansas City in particular. 
are, are probably fighting toward the bottom. But we always have to take a look at it and, and try and find the value where we can. And, and certainly I think that there is some on the Royals for sure. Yeah, the over-under win total for the Royals right now is 64.5 according to the FanDuel Sportsbook, and that is where I am right now over at the Meadowlands racetrack. So, look, if Craig makes a great case for or against the Royals, you know, maybe this is a wager I'll have to put in here right after the show here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. So when we come back, I mentioned we'll present the best and worst case scenarios for the Kansas City Royals. They do have some prospects in the pipeline, but are they going to be able to contribute much this upcoming season? How healthy is Adalberto Mondesi going to be? How healthy is Salvador Perez going to be? We'll talk about all those things here when we come back. It's the Kansas City Royals fantasy preview here on Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today. Straight ball, I hit it very much. Curve ball, that's all free. Yes. Craig Mish and Frank Stanfall. You got to take the That's I offer a cigar roll. Alrighty, we're back here on Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV Network. I am Frank Stanfield, joined by Craig Mish via the phone line here, and we are presenting our best and worst case scenarios for the Kansas City Royals in the 2020 baseball season. The over-under here for the Kansas City Royals is at 64 and a half wins. Uh, last year, they were at 59. The year before that, they were at 58. So they have been held under 60 wins in each of the past two seasons. Mike Matheny, the new manager of the Kansas City Royals. I actually think the lineup is improved here. I worry more so about the pitching staff, the bullpen here for the Kansas City Royals. But we like to present the best and worst case scenario when we're looking at this from a wagering perspective. And that's really what what you should do for any type of future or, or wager you're trying to put in is weigh the pros and the cons, and we're doing that here when it comes to the Kansas City Royals. So, Craig, get us let off here with your best-case scenario when it comes to the Royals here in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I think the best-case scenario is the uh, the two hitters stay healthy that they need, Merrifield and Mondesi. That wasn't the case last year with Mondesi. Best case is also that they keep these players, Frank, for the entire season. I think that is probably a little bit of a concern. That's the first part of it. The second part of it is no question uh, they got to get something out of Michael Franco. I mean, uh, you, you put him in the middle of the lineup, and there's a lot of uncertainty there with Ryan O'Hearn. You don't know at this stage what Alex Gordon is going to be. I think that Franco ends up hitting 30 home runs, and that all of a sudden changes the dynamic of what we're looking there. And I think third, uh, you know, the Royals have been now down for a few years here, and I think that they need to probably have some optimism there. It would not shock me to see them call up Brady Singer, who was their first-round pick a couple of years ago, if he can join the rotation potentially toward the end of the year, even if they end up moving players, I think that would certainly help them. But look, uh, Royals fans, at least they have that World Series to hang on from 2015. But since then, it's been a lot of dismantling, Frank, and i got to say the buildup is going to need to start now for them to get over that. Yeah, I agree. Look, it's hard to uh, 
it's hard to look the other way when it comes to the Kansas City Royals, and I think it all starts at the top. I think you're right there, Craig, with Adalberto Montesi. He is obviously the spark plug for this team, for this lineup as well. And I was listening and watching a few Royals games last year, and the broadcasters, the team, the front office, they just rave about the type of talent that Adalberto Mondesi has, and it's really hard to dispute that. It's just a matter of can he stay on the field. Even going back to his days in the minors, you know, it's been hard to get Adalberto Mondesi to play 120, 130 plus games. But I think that's the key here for the Royals if they really want to go over this number uh, and make some noise here in the AL Central. It starts with Adalberto Mondesi, and I think if he could play 140 plus games this year and hit. 15-plus home runs and steal 50 bases, you know, potentially finish top 10 in AL MVP voting, just really have that massive season that we all know he's capable of having. I think that will go a long way for the Kansas City Royals in 2020. Next up, here's what I have playing out. As, as a best-case scenario for the Kansas City Royals, they need some pitching. And you mentioned there are going to be some prospects coming, uh, Brady Singer and Jackson Cower here, former first-round picks of the Kansas City Royals. But they need to get something out of Danny Duffy again this upcoming season. He's dealt with so many injuries over the past couple of seasons here, Craig. Uh, if he can refine that 2016-2017 form and you know be a top 40 starting pitcher from a fantasy perspective, obviously that'll help us. But I think that'll go a long way here for the Kansas City Royals because they need somebody at the top to take hold of this rotation because it hasn't come from Brad Keller. It hasn't come from Jake Junis. Mike Montgomery is a journeyman. Uh, and whether it's Jorge Lopez, whether it's Chance Adams, um, look, you don't really have a lot of faith at, at the back end of that rotation. So I think Danny Duffy is someone who needs to have a big season. They're talking about improved velocity here in the spring on his slider, throwing at about 87 miles per hour. Also needs to keep it going this upcoming season, Jorge Soler. Obviously coming off the massive, massive season last year. He picks up where he left off. 40 home runs this upcoming season. He bats 275, uh, and he is worthy of a top three or four round pick in fantasy baseball next season. That is Jorge Soler. He keeps it going here in 2020. And I think if all those things happen, big year at a Danny Duffy, Mondesi stays healthy, Soler picks up where he left off, the team improves, the veterans perform well, uh, maybe you could ship a few, a few of those veterans out at the, uh, at the trade deadline and you know replenish that farm system. You have some excitement for the future there, and this team wins, you know, 70, 75 to gain, uh, 70, 75 games this upcoming season here with the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Craig, that's what I have is the best case scenario playing out here. Let's go the other way now and look at some things that can obviously go wrong with the Royals in 2020. Let's paint that picture with the worst case scenario. Uh, how does that start with you, Craig? Yeah, I mean, the worst case scenario is the top of that rotation, especially with uh, with Keller who has never been an opening day starter before. And look, we understand that over the course of the season, that's not going to really matter that much who starts first. But uh, if Keller doesn't work out, obviously that's going to be a huge detriment. Uh, the second part of this is there's no doubt that the White Sox look to be very much improved. And that was the good news for Kansas City over the last couple of years is they could really just slug it out with those bottom dwellers in the central. I don't know that that's going to be the case this year. And if they end up losing 12 or 13 of those 18 games to the White Sox, I don't see how they get back to their win total of last year. And that's the second part. And then the third part is always, Frank, and fantasy and reality is the dismantling. And the Royals are definitely in a position that on July 31st, if they're not in it, they're going to trade players. If that ends up happening and guys like Singer don't come up and succeed almost immediately, Ian Kennedy, hypothetically at this point, he's a trade candidate. If they move those guys and they don't respond, 
boy, this this has the makings of a 50-win team in 2020. So, Frank, hopefully uh, for the Royals, those things don't happen. And as we close out here, uh, my lean would be toward the under. I, I don't know that you know that they've made enough improvements to that team to really get to where they need to be. I think that the Royals are still two or three years away. They don't really have any impact hitters to call up. They're counting on guys like O'Hearn and uh, Hunter Dozier to have great seasons. Um, I'm going to just lean under, and I will have that's my opinion on it. All right, Craig Mish leaning under here on the 64 and a half win total of the Kansas City Royals. And I'm going to put my, uh, you know, kind of put out my worst case scenario here as well from a from a Kansas City Royals perspective this upcoming season in 2020. Uh, and I think it starts with the pitching staff as well. You mentioned it, Craig. Nobody improves here on the pitching staff. The Royals wind up. 30th in team ERA. Last year, they were 27th in ERA in 2019. Uh, obviously, not a lot to hang your hat on here with Brad Keller and Jake Junis and uh, Danny Duffy. You know, Duffy, there's a little bit of excitement here in camp, but uh, honestly, you know, we're looking at 2021 most likely when it comes to the prospects here in the organization uh, with the Kansas City Royals. You know, guys, if we can, if we can, if we could just mute uh, Craig Mish right now, uh, you know, as he's out at, at camp right now because we're getting some uh, feedback here uh, from Craig Mish's phone line. Thanks. Uh, that's perfectly fine here uh, on the show, p- painting the best and worst case scenario for the Kansas City Royals. Uh, their win total is 64.5. The pitching staff uh, just doesn't improve here. Adalberto Montesi re-injures his shoulder. Obviously, this is a huge storyline from a fantasy perspective and with the Kansas City Royals um, because he's an extremely exciting player. But anything can happen when it comes to you know a major shoulder surgery in the offseason. Hasn't appeared in spring training yet. They're still saying that he's going to be ready for opening day. But I think the worst-case scenario here for the team's lineup and for Mondesi is that he plays less than 50 games and he winds up re-injuring his shoulder uh, as well here in 2020. Jorge Soler. He goes back to the player that he was. He starts striking out more. And you heard coming back from break, we had the clip from uh, Major League Pedro Serrano. Straight ball, I hit it. Yeah. I think Jorge Soler, what happens if he turns into Pedro Serrano and he can't hit the breaking ball? We see the strikeouts go back up. The batting average plummets. The power regresses as well. Jorge Soler goes back to the player. He's more so been uh, every other season outside of 2019 um, and you know hits around 240 with just 20 home runs. I think that would be a huge disappointment from a fantasy perspective and it would be a huge disappointment for uh, Jorge Soler and the Kansas City Royals in the middle of that lineup. They need him to come through big this upcoming season. And I think if all these things happen, the pitching staff just doesn't improve. We don't see much out of their prospects here in 2020. Again, more so 2021 options. Uh, Montessi gets hurt. Jorge Soler takes another step back. Uh, He has dealt with some injuries in his career. If that happens, the Royals probably are held under 60 wins once again. And if that happens, say the Royals win 55 games this year. What are the chances that Mike Matheny is a one-and-done as a manager with the Royals, we don't really see that as often in baseball. You don't really see that often anywhere. But it has happened a few more times here in the NBA. It has happened in the NFL as well. So what happens if uh, the Royals win less than 60 games again this year? Is there a chance that Mike Matheny is out with the club here? So I think those are all things that can play out. And I'm with 
Craig, you know, I probably lean with the under here with the Royals just because I worry so much about the pitching staff. They were 27th in team ERA last year. Uh, I think that there's a chance that they're towards the bottom of the league again this upcoming season, potentially flirting with the worst pitching in baseball. I think the Baltimore Orioles are going to have something to say about that, obviously, here. But playing in this division, the Detroit Tigers, you're not expecting much out of them. Uh, the Cleveland Indians, you know, what's going to happen with Carlos Carrasco? They still have Shane Bieber there at the top. Uh, the lineup is a solid one there with the Indians. They have Lindor for now. They have Jose Ramirez. Uh, Fran Mel Reyes, someone that I'm very excited about from a fantasy perspective as well. Uh, so we'll see the way that the uh, the Central plays out. The Minnesota Twins, the Bumba squad, uh, going to pick up right where they left off. You know, they led baseball in a ton of offensive categories last year, hit a ton of home runs, uh, and all they did was add Josh Donaldson to the mix. They still have Miguel Sano and Nelson Cruz uh, and the White Sox. White White Sox are very improved. A lot of hype around the White Sox here uh, in the American League Central in 2020 with Luis Robert going to be there on opening day. Eloy Jimenez, part of the mix as well. You still have Jose Abreu. They bring in Edwin Encarnacion. I like this White Sox lineup, man. I think we're looking at one of the top five lineups. Maybe not in the American League. Maybe all of baseball. It's going to be tough going here for the Kansas City Royals having to pitch to the likes of the Twins and the White Sox and the Indians here in 2020. All right, when we come back, I want to update you on the market regarding injured players here from over the weekend. Chris Sale, John Carlos Stanton, and Aaron Judge. We'll do all that here on Fantasy Sports Today. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. All right, we're back here on Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV Network. Thanks for Craig Mish for joining us here on the show. Again, he is out at the Astros versus Tigers for today, getting some audio here for the rest of the week here that we can use in terms of the Tigers. We'll have that for you tomorrow. We'll preview the Detroit Tigers from a fantasy perspective this upcoming season. Take a look at their win total as well. Uh, and I believe he had the opportunity to speak to a few Houston Astros as well. So we'll bring all of you that here for the rest of the week. But Craig does a phenomenal job out there in spring training. Uh, he brought you the Brandon Hyde interview last week that had him talk about Hunter Harvey potentially as the closer here for the Baltimore Orioles, and as a result, we have seen his ADP skyrocket. So thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig, for uh, you know boosting up one of the closers that we were getting later on in drafts as our closer three, maybe even as a reserve round pick, and now he's going in the what 15th, 16th, 17th round, sometimes as your closer two or your third closer on your team. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for that. We really do appreciate it here now, but Craig is doing a great job uh, out at spring training, uh, bringing you nuggets from a fantasy perspective that you can't find anywhere else here on Fantasy Sports Today. As I mentioned, I wanted to jump in a little bit to the injured players. Chris Sale, 
Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton let you know where their ADP has kind of settled in recently. So I looked over at the NFBC from over the weekend to see where some of these players are, again, kind of settling in from a value perspective. And here's what I noticed. So Chris Sale has a 151 ADP. He's SP41 off the board from this past weekend, from Friday through Sunday, all the drafts that were done over at the NFBC. And you see the stats here on the page. And he wasn't himself last year. There clearly was something wrong with Chris Sale. And, you know, most people were on this all along. Shout out to Greg Sussman on BFFs. He was skeptical of Chris Sale all along. Uh, he dealt with the elbow injury last year, dealt with the shoulder injury. The velocity was down, uh, and he clearly wasn't himself. A 4.40 ERA, still struck out a ton of batters, but missing his spots, giving up a ton of hard contact. Uh, he has settled in around ADP 150 this past weekend. Uh, the projection systems have Chris Sale for between 95 and 130 innings this season. Nobody knows. That's the honest truth. I know that you know we're supposed to give you our best projection, what we think is going to happen for Chris Sale this upcoming season. And if I were projecting him, I probably would project for 90 to 100 innings this year. Let's say half a season of Chris Sale. He's dealing with a major elbow injury. Nobody knows for sure when it comes to Sale this year. But if you could get 90 to 100 innings out of Chris Sale with a mid-threes ERA and obviously all the strikeouts that he can get you, uh, I think that, you know, that might be worth it for where he's going. But, you know, let's put this in perspective. What kind of starting pitchers is he going around right now? Julio Urias, someone we spoke about earlier in the show, unfortunately from a negative perspective because he hit uh, Willie Calhoun in the face with a fastball yesterday. But Julio Urias is someone that a lot of people are excited about this upcoming season. Finally has the opportunity to be in the rotation with the Dodgers from the get-go. Opening day, he's going to be in the lineup. Well, not you know, he's not going to pitch on opening day. That is going to go to Kershaw or Walker Buehler, obviously. But uh, Uriah is someone who does have big upside for the season. The strikeout potential is there. Has long been regarded as one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. And finally going to get the opportunity to start for the Dodgers. So I would take Julio Urias ahead of uh, Chris Sale right now. I have lowered Chris Sale to... SP42 in my rankings uh, to put that in perspective. I do have him just behind Kenta Maeda. We're seeing a great spring out of Maeda. A ton of strikeouts yesterday with the Minnesota Twins. David Price, I have ahead of Chris Sale. I understand David Price is an injury risk himself, but we saw more strikeouts last year. The strikeout rate was up for David Price and uh, obviously, you know, looking good right now in spring. I believe he had a seven or eight strikeout performance over the weekend against the Colorado Rockies as well. So there with the Los Angeles Dodgers is David Price. So I have Chris Sale as my SP42 in my ranks. Um, but, you know, from an ADP perspective, who else is going right around him in this range? Hyunjin Ryu. I think that's the name where once you get into it, I can make the case for Chris Sale over Hyunjin Ryu this upcoming season. Ryu has dealt with a ton of injuries himself. Obviously coming off the career year last year, earned him a massive contract with the Toronto Blue Jays, but he's pitching in the American League East, tough ballparks to pitch in. I don't really mind where Ryu is going. I'm probably not going to have any shares of him this upcoming season. I just don't like buying him coming off the career year, and he finally managed to stay healthy. Will he be able to do that again this upcoming season? I don't know. I do have my doubts when it comes to Ryu. Uh, I think the strikeouts could be solid. Probably give you a sub-4 ERA, uh, but I do have him as uh, SP43 in my personal rank, so I have him one spot behind Chris Sale. Uh, that's where I would draw the line. Someone else I would draw the line at. 
Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray hasn't been able to stay healthy the past couple of seasons. Consistently gives you an ERA over four. Going to give you a ton of strikeouts. There's no doubt about that. But is that worth it where he's going right now? That he's going to give you 200, maybe over 200 strikeouts. And he's going to hurt you basically everywhere else. Going to hurt you in ERA. Going to hurt you in whip as well. He's not someone who's been able to necessarily stay healthy. So is he giving you the volume as well in terms of innings pitched? You know, if he doesn't give you that volume, how often is he going to be on the mound in order to give you wins with the Arizona Diamondbacks? So I do worry about Robbie Ray. I have him a little bit lower in the ranks here. I have him down at SP46, just someone I haven't really ever targeted, and I won't be targeting uh, this upcoming season either. I would take Chris Sale ahead of Robbie Ray na- right now uh, if you wanted to decide where to draft Chris Sale. Matt Boyd is the last name that I wanted to bring up that's going in a similar range here in NFBC ADP. I'm excited about Matt Boyd, and I might be one of the highest people on him in terms of where I have him ranked. I'm ranked at SP31 this upcoming season. That is Matt Boyd. Awesome interview that he did with uh, Pitcher List, our buddy Nick Pollock, who we've had here on the network on SportsGrid. He joined us on Fantasy BFFs a few uh, few times, and Nick Pollock and Alex Fast had the opportunity to interview uh, Matt Boyd, so that's something that I do recommend checking out. But the strikeouts last year for Matthew Boyd were utterly ridiculous, and the slider is one of the best in the game. Reminds me of a Patrick Corbin where maybe he starts to use the slider a little bit more. And in spring so far, we've seen increased velocity from Matt Boyd throwing, you know, 92, 93, 94 miles per hour. Whereas, you know, last year, you know, he was typically sitting 92. But if we could get more velo out of Matt Boyd, I understand the wins are going to be hard to come by. There's no doubt about it. He pitches for the Detroit Tigers. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He's got to get better in terms of allowing home runs. He's got to, you know, obviously decrease that number. But I think Matt Boyd is someone who can get under the four ERA this year. Maybe a 1.2 whip, maybe even a little bit better than that. 250 strikeouts, I think that's within the realm of possibility. This guy knows how to pitch, and talking about using his changeup and his curveball more frequently this upcoming season, I'm telling you, a couple of weekends ago, I watched him pitch against the Yankees in that lineup, and he just mowed them down. They had a lot of guys in there, too, and Matthew Boyd was just mowing them down. So I'm taking Matthew Boyd well ahead of Chris Sale. In fact, I think Boyd should actually be closer to where the hype guys are going right now. Zach Gallen, Jesus Lazardo. Max Freed, Frankie Montas. I think Matthew Boyd should actually be closer to some of those names that we see from a fantasy baseball perspective. Uh, so that's kind of where Chris Sale has settled in, ADP around 150. Maybe you get him as your SP3, SP4. And if you have some safety there with your SP1 and SP2, maybe that's a point then you, you, where you can jump in uh, and take a crack here at Chris Sale. Let's move over to a few of the Yankee sluggers as well. John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge. We haven't spoke about Stanton in a while. Uh, Aaron Judge continuously in the news. We know now that he has a stress fracture on his first rib. Uh, I doubt that he's going to be ready for opening day. And, you know, surgery is still on the table. There's a chance that he can miss four to six weeks here uh, with the New York Yankees. So, obviously, you have to bake that into his projection. Uh, And the ADP has settled in for John Carlos Stanton over the weekend, 93.7 NFBC ADP as outfielder 27 off the board, Aaron Judge, 101.7 uh, in terms of the ADP. Outfielder, 28 off the board. I'm actually a little bit more intrigued in Giancarlo Stanton at this point because, um, look, we know that he is going to be back at some point in April. I do believe that. 
I believe he's probably going to be back before Aaron Judge, so that's why you see him going a little bit earlier. I wasn't on Stanton where he was going before when he was you know, in the fourth, fifth round of 15-teamers. If you play in a 12-team league, you know, might last to the sixth round at times, but because of the name, more often than not, he wasn't lasting that far. Uh, but Giancarlo Stanton, a name that I am a little bit more interested in, uh, in now. You know, if he plays 130 games, what can he do in that span? Probably hit you 30, 35 home runs, good counting stats there uh, in the Yankees lineup as well. Um, but this is the range where I can more so try to jump in. Who are some names that are also going in this range? Marcelo Zuna, now with the Atlanta Braves. Eddie Rosario with the Minnesota Twins as well. Michael Conforto, Fran Mill Reyes. I think that this is a fair range for Giancarlo Stanton to be ranked uh, and going right now in terms of NFBC ADP from this past weekend. Uh, I do have Stanton behind those names that I mentioned, but I do think that this is the right range that, that Stanton should be in. Uh, Aaron Judge, I'm not getting involved. Uh, I'm just... Players you won't draft, Aaron Judge is one of them for me right now, unless he continues to fall. If he can fall, you know, 30, 40 picks past where he's going right now, around pick, you know, 130, 140, maybe I'll jump in there. But um, I can't mess around with Aaron Judge until I know, is this guy having surgery? How much time is he going to miss for sure? I don't think anyone knows the answers to those questions. Of the four names that I brought up going around this group, Marcelo Zuna, Eddie Rosario, Michael Conforto, and Fran Mil Reyes. Frandel Reyes is the name that is just soaring up draft boards right now. And I get it, man. I've been banging the drum. No, he's not a Houston Astro, but I have been banging the drum for uh, Fran Mill Reyes basically all offseason when we're doing the outfield preview, stamp of approval. Fran Mill Reyes has been one of the first names that I've talked about all along. The guy hits the ball as hard as anybody in baseball. He's a mammoth human being, and he's having a big spring as well. If he starts to lift the ball a little bit, we could be looking at a 40-45 home run season out of Fran Mil Reyes. I do think that at, that is in the range of outcomes here in 2020. All right, when we come back, I want to talk about something fun, something that you know we don't really get into a lot here from a fantasy perspective, but how do you determine your draft order in your home league? We'll do that here on Fantasy Sports Today. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, final segment of the show here on the Sports Grid TV Network. I am Frank Stamfel, and I just found out that I have the 13th pick in my Saturday NFBC Main Event League. Great. What am I going to do with the 13th pick? What did I do to deserve this? Don't worry. I'll figure it out. I'll find a way. We'll make it work here. Uh, friend of the show, friend of the program as well, Matt Modica, a great high-stakes player, sharing a team with Andy Saxon there in the NFC main event. Winds up with the first pick. All right, Matty Mo, who'd you pay off? Come on. Speak up. 
he winds up with the first pick here in the NFBC main event. So we're going to have some fun this weekend. As I mentioned, it's a great time of year. You probably have a lot of drafts, auctions going on yourself. I've got a ton of stuff going on this upcoming week and potentially bring you some of the results of those drafts and auctions. Uh, Thursday night, one of my favorite auctions that I have, a 15-team auction. Share it with my best friend forever, Greg Sussman. We do it all in person. We have Jason Collette as the auctioneer in that, uh, Nando DeFino, Derek Van Riper, Derek Cardi is in that. A lot of heavy hitters in the fantasy baseball industry. I got that Thursday night, so very excited about that. We'll have some auction prep for you uh, later on in the week here on BFFs on the Sports Grid Network here as well. So we'll kind of let you inside the mind of what we do from an auction perspective and, you know, maybe some players that we might be targeting this upcoming season. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't want to give away too much. Uh, we do have a bit of an update here on Justin Verlander. Not exactly what we were hoping for. Nothing definitive. Uh, this comes according to Allison Footer of MLB.com on Twitter. She said, Justin Verlander, who left Sunday's game after two innings with a sore right triceps, had an MRI this morning. Results have not been released, but we should know something soon. Manager Dusty Baker Quote, he said he feels better and he's glad he came out of the game when he did. Also had this tweet, reporters haven't yet talked to Justin Verlander about the injury. That may happen later today, Dusty says. Quote, he doesn't appear real worried. So that is Justin Verlander. Again, he was being drafted as a first-round pick in 15-team leagues this upcoming season. Maybe even snuck in as a first-round pick in a 12-teamer as well. I think undoubtedly going to... You know, fall down the draft board a little bit here. Second round, end of the second, maybe even the third round. I want to see a few draft results this week and find out uh, where Justin Verlander kind of settles in with his ADP. You heard Craig Mish earlier in the show. Don't want to speculate too much, but he said wouldn't surprise him if he's out till May. Again, triceps injury for Justin Verlander. Dealt with the groin earlier in camp as well. All right, I wanted to talk about, you know, what are some creative ways that you can choose your draft order in your home leagues, right? In your fantasy baseball leagues, fantasy football leagues. You know, I tweeted this out last night asking for a few suggestions, and I'll get into some of those. You know, I had some really awesome suggestions from people about how they figure out the draft order uh, in their home leagues for fantasy baseball. Something that my longest standing home league is doing for the first time this season, it's a head-to-head -head points, 12-team keeper league. Uh, we were all assigned NBA teams, NBA games uh, from yesterday and today, and whoever wound up with the highest point total, the highest combined score uh, in their game would get the first pick. Whoever had the second highest score in the game that they were assigned had the second pick, so on and so forth. I had the Milwaukee Bucks go up against the Phoenix Suns. That was the game that I was assigned in my home league, right? They combined for 271 points last night. Let's go. Looks like I'm going to have the first, uh, the first overall pick in my home league. And I know, you know a couple other people have talked about you know, maybe assigning baseball teams throughout spring training. And at the end of spring training, whoever has the best record, uh, you know, that's, that's the team that will have the top pick in their fantasy baseball draft. I, I like hearing about some of these things because you know, we're always trying to find uh, fun ways, interesting ways to determine the draft order in our home league. And I'm sure a lot of other people out there are, are trying to do the same. So... Thank you to the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks last night. Even without Giannis Antetokounmpo, they combined for 271 points. Uh, looking pretty good right now. I know there's a few more games tonight. There's a three-game NBA slate, uh, so we have to worry about those. But outside of that, I don't know if anyone's going to come close to 271 points. Uh, so there you go. That's something that you can look into if you want to decide your, your fantasy baseball draft lottery. You know, we've had Greg on the BFFs. He's got the Ducks. 
you know, he's spinning the bingo, the bingo ball machine, uh, and he's got the rubber ducks there with everyone's name on it. That's something you can go to. Obviously, you have uh, you can just pull the names out of a hat. That's something you could do for the draft lottery. Something that I've done before as well for my home leagues, beer pong. Everyone loves a nice competitive game of beer pong as well. The way that we would do it is you have everyone in person, you have all 12 people on the bottom of the cups, you put a number, 1 to 12, 1 to 15, whatever it might be. You put those on the bottom of your beer pong cups, and you, obviously everyone gets a throw. Once you make it in, you, you reveal on the bottom of the cup, hey, what pick do I have? And that's how you figure it out. I think that's an interesting way to go about your draft lottery from a fantasy baseball, fantasy football perspective as well. Uh, and I tweeted this out yesterday. What are some creative ways that other people have done it before? George Kurtz, you can hear him and see him uh, live all the time here on the Sports Grid TV network. I know he contributes to in-game live. Uh, sometimes he's on Game Time Decisions as well with Gabe Morenci and Red Heat and Rage, Cam Stewart, uh, George Kurtz. Look, if you play in a keeper league, you got to find ways to kind of make things even as well. you got to find ways to keep people interested throughout the course of the entire season, right? You don't want people giving up. Uh, obviously, in a keeper league, there's a lot of moving parts here for not only the current season, but for future seasons as well. And, and he had this to say, 12-team league, last year's standings determine the draft. Top three from last season, they get paid. So they automatically have picks 10 through 12. So they're at the back of the draft uh, because they got paid out. The team that finished fourth picks first. The team that finished fifth picks second, and so on. This system forces teams not to tank and pay attention if they're out of it, uh, if they're out of the money, and as they, uh, they want to move up in the standings throughout, you know, look, if they're not going to finish in the top three, at least try and move up in the standings, finish fourth, finish fifth, whatever it might be, so that can help your uh, your draft spot for the next season from a keeper league perspective. And that's something that I do in one of my uh, fantasy football home leagues. It's a keeper league as well, where we, you know, have a consolation bracket. Obviously, six teams make the playoffs. Uh, those teams, they don't have a shot in the consolation bracket. But if you do come in first or second in that consolation bracket – then you have the choice to choose what draft pick you want the next year. So you finish first in the consolation bracket, you have first choice. You can choose first pick the next season. You could choose the 12th pick the next season as well. So I think these are interesting ways to uh, keep teams, you know, obviously involved, uh, even after maybe they've been eliminated from playoff contention, uh, always trying to find ways to get more teams involved longer into the season, especially in Roto, right? Let's, say, let's call it for what it is. In Roto, a team might be out of it by June. Realistically, you might be out of it. How do you motivate that person to want to you know, continue to set their lineup throughout the course of the season? Well, if you put some kind of incentive on it, then uh, you know, they uh, have something to keep playing for. But it's very tough in a Roto League to keep everyone engaged throughout the course of it because you know, when teams start to fall out of it, you know, as we get closer to the fantasy football season, people start doing prep for fantasy football. If they look down and they realize, oh, I'm, you know, I'm 12th in my Roto League, I'm, I'm 15th in my Roto League, I don't have a shot of you know coming back here then they might just kind of throw in the towel there but that's why you got to put some kind of uh, incentive here um for people to stay involved throughout the course of the season here uh, i got this tweet last night from uh, lee keller at regicidal on twitter my home league is a 10 team keeper league and at the start of it i gave everyone their own bowling pin to write their names on my dad owns a bowling alley so we set one lane up with pins However, the pins are racked after a strike by last year's champion, 
is the draft order. It's pretty interesting. It's another way to attack the draft order. Uh, if you play in a fantasy baseball or fantasy football league, uh, there's a lot of people getting uh, more creative with the ways that they're doing it. So uh, someone else weighed in and said that they were all given a golfer for the 2020 Genesis Invitational. So I mentioned that my league did did this with uh, NBA teams. We were all assigned an NBA game. You could do it with baseball. You can do it with golfers as well. Uh, so just throwing things out there, interesting ways for you and your league to attack the draft lottery and figure out your draft picks. You know, don't just pick the names out of a hat. Get a little bit more creative with it. Uh, in years past, you know, I've set up a Royal Rumble in, in a video game, WWE 2K video game, where, you know, uh, obviously you create a superstar for everyone who's in your league, and if that person gets eliminated first, well, guess what? You have the last pick in your fantasy baseball draft. Uh, just trying to find ways, creative ways to get that involved as well. All right, I do want to touch on one thing real quick before we get to exit velocity. Reminder that Blake Snell spoke a lot about injured players throughout the course of today's show. Chris Sale, Stanton, Aaron Judge. Blake Snell is making his day, his return to the mound in about five minutes from now. Uh, if you do want to, I don't, I'm not sure if it's on TV, but whether you want to watch or listen to that, uh, pay attention to Blake Snell. See how he progresses through the start. What is the velocity like? Is he throwing his breaking pitches? Uh, how deep does he go into this game? How many pitches does he throw? All things to pay attention to here for Blake Snell as he's about to be on the mound in the next Next five minutes. All right, let's jump into exit velocity like we do every day here on Fantasy Sports Today. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! Exit velocity. Nice velocity. All right, it's Exit Velocity here on Fantasy Sports Today. This is how we wrap up the show every single day here on the Sports Grid TV Network. And the UFC 248 main event was hot garbage. I've got to call it for what it was, man. The females, it was a co-main event, I realized that. The females went on uh, before the actual main event with Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero, and the women left it all on, all in the octagon. I showed you the picture of Joanna uh, after the fight, which she looked like. She left it all there. They competed. You know, they were throwing huge shots at each other. They were both getting tagged consistently throughout that fight. Adesanya and Yoel Romero, Romero, they're just running around the octagon. This is a championship bout. I understand you might want to play it safe the first couple of rounds, feel each other out. What about rounds three, rounds four, rounds five? Give us a fight. Give the people what they paid for. People pay big money to watch these fights. Adesanya and Romero, bad job, man, this past weekend. UFC 248, the main event, an absolute snooze fest. Shout out to the women. They did a phenomenal job. All right, I want to thank everybody in the pit for helping me out today. Craig Mish, Greg Sussman, Danny Okers as well. I am Frank Stanfield. We'll be back again tomorrow. And remember, stay classy, fantasy owners. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.